Nicholas Dart and Matthew Klippenstein are back again for another episode of Clean Tech Talk, Clean Technica's weekly podcast about the hottest news and most interesting stories in the clean tech field, focused especially on electric vehicles and solar energy. Check in weekly via cleantechnica.com, SoundCloud, or iTunes to get your electric fix. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the third season, I suppose we could call it, of uh, Clean Tech Talk. I'm Matthew Klippenstein, and I'm here with uh, Nicholas Zart. And uh, we will, this time we promise, be uh, podcasting a bit more frequently. Uh, in my case, I've uh, moved on from my prior full-time employment to embark on a consulting career, and uh, part of which uh, logic was to be able to have a bit more time for things such as this, so I am really looking forward to getting back into the swing of things. Um, uh, any any thoughts uh, from you on on the past unintentional sabbatical we had, uh, Nicholas? What you're hearing behind is really all the cheering that goes uh, towards uh, Matthew, who finally made the big leap. So so we're very happy. Hi everyone, this is Nicholas, and um, yep, excited to be uh, back. And just like Matthew said, we will. At least we're really thinking about it seriously <laughs> to have more regular podcasts and ideally very, very, very regular. So very excited about that. So Matthew, what, what are we going to talk about today? I wonder what we can talk about today. Yeah, it's, uh, I'm not sure. Was there an event in the clean tech world in the summer that maybe, I don't know, defined expectations was, was more than a year in the waiting, was highly anticipated, uh, oh. debated by, uh, you know, skeptics and supporters alike, uh, just uh, yeah. I'm yes. just I'm What's that big company? We we always write about them all the time. Um, 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 Nikola, Nikola, Tesla, Tesla. That's Wasn't it Tesla? Guy. That's the dude. Yes, that's right. <laughs> that's right. Yeah, that that Model Three boy. We've been waiting for it for a long time. And and if you think about it, it really is the crown achievement of Tesla because um, Eberhardt, uh, uh, Wrightspeed, and and Musk from the get go said, you know, the the point is to have quote-unquote, an affordable car, an affordable electric car, and really the Model 3 is the first iteration of that. Yeah, $35,000 might not be for everybody, but you know, compared to the $70,000 for a Model S, it's a nice uh, jump down, and I'm expecting the next ones to hopefully, ideally, even go below, but it sounds like we're going in that direction. I'm pretty excited about it, that's for sure. Yeah, it is It is very exciting. I suppose the proof point is that people who don't really follow you know, clean tech, uh, you know, electric cars, solar, all these things, um, uh, really have a, a grasp and enthusiasm for it. Um, here in British Columbia, there's a little town called Prince George. It's a, mainly a forestry kind of town. It's fairly small. And even there, we have a, a number of people who have reservations for the Model 3, uh, which just shows how much this has crossed over into the, uh, into the public imagination, which is you know, very, very, very important. You know, we don't want to be yet another one of these tribes of you know, 1% or 3% of the population who, uh, who think the world of our particular passion, but then aren't able to reach out and get the other 97, 99% also involved and enthused to some degree. So yeah, it's, uh, it's, it was marvelous to see. I was very heartened that the, uh, the reservation count of net reservations, I think, uh, had been set at like 450,000. I'm sure that uh, that number will have increased with the publicity from the summer event. Um, I guess in my part, I was a little bit disappointed at the announcement that they would only build the more expensive versions first, uh, the long-range version, and I imagine that everyone's going to want the enhanced autopilot. Uh, 
So you're probably pushing 49,000 US. And even though, I mean, it's still a, a good leap forward, um, I think there was a missed opportunity to, to simply say, look, you know, we'll, uh, we'll take all the reservations as they came in, whether it's 35 or 44, depending on which uh, battery range you take and various options. I guess the one fear on my, my, uh, on my side is that uh, just as the Tesla Model S had a, initially had a 40 kilowatt hour version, yes. only a few percent of people wanted, then, you know, if a lot of these 500,000-ish people uh, have the wherewithal, have the means, can afford a 44,000 version, I really don't want Tesla to cancel the $35,000 version because that's yeah. kind of the point, you know, that's the, the raison d'etre, as you rightly pointed out, of making something. And, and it isn't like an entry-level car by any means, but it's an important step from the prestige luxury level of pricing to the premium level, which you, know, you can still make healthy profits on. It is a much bigger chunk of the market, even if you're not at your um, Kia Rondo or, or your, your $20,000 entry vehicles. And yeah, we, sh we do need to acknowledge that a lot of people buy used cars or, or buy entry-level cars. I was one of them. So, uh, so that's not for everyone, but it's still a, a big part for many people. And that's a wonderful thing to see happen. Yeah, you know, I, I, after covering Tesla for a decade now, I, I've learned one thing that whatever Tesla says is not automatically what happens. Um, but you're right; it was a bit, uh, a bit of a head scratcher when they said the the, the full blown version first and then the base model, which leads me to think that that to believe that they, you know, just like everybody else, they struggle to find their break even points. They struggle to find um, how to make money on that. Um, and then another thing too that surprised me was um, I thought I heard that they wanted to dedicate uh, a, an assembly line just for the Model 3 or what was it? Didn't they talk about something like that before? Do you want to confirm that? Yes, uh, if I remember correctly, uh, there was talk of making a separate super automated, one of those fancy sci-fi words uses like Dreadnought or something, lines <laughs> Model Y. And, and that, would, that would have been a very frightening proposition for Tesla shareholders because setting up an assembly line is unbelievably expensive. You know, for, for like cell phones or something where you make, you know, tens, hundreds of millions of units per year, then your overall cost of goods is the cost of your material input. Your, your assembly line isn't that expensive. Yeah. The thing with cars is that assembly lines are insanely expensive because these are very big objects, like very big specimens that you're making. And so it's not, an, it, and I, I might get this off somewhat, but I think it's on the order of maybe a quarter of your cost for your car is actually just depreciating the phenomenal cost of your, you know, multi hundreds of millions of dollars production line. And, so, and so, yeah, I think, I think later they said that the, the Model Y would indeed be sharing the same line as the Model 3, but it would have been really nice if the Model 3 could have shared the same line as the Model S and the Model X because then less money needs to be spent. Yeah, and again, I wonder if Tesla is just trying to find out um, what's the, the best way to keep the excitement going and everything. So, and then again, you know, Tesla says a lot of things, but they don't always do it. But the one thing we are excited about it is it, it, it will come out. And it is indeed very strange that they wanted to do the high end first. But, you know, what is strange, at least to me, is all, all the people I've talked to who have plunked down a reservation for the Model 3, most of them really cannot buy a Model S. So they're really looking forward to that $35,000 bracket one. And, and of course, there are plenty of people who won't care and will want to 
you know, go all, all the way out to the $50,000 version of it. So I'd like to know what the difference is. I would love to know what people put down money uh, on. Is it the entry level? Is it the full-blown level? Is it, you know, in between? Because um, that, that would be interesting. And I don't know if uh, Tesla has released um, those numbers. Right. Yeah. So um, I, I think in typical Tesla fashion, they've played their cards close to the chest. Uh, I imagine that making the more expensive, higher margin version would help with their margin um, estimates. And I think that perhaps some of Elon Musk's uh, stock awards are related to gross margin achievements or something like this. Uh, but it is standard practice in the auto industry to just start making new vehicles in the ratios that you expect, you know, in as orders come in. And I guess one other point that should be emphasized, even though Tesla made a big splash about, you know, the S curve for production, actually most uh, automakers go through pretty much a step function in production when they shift over to a new model. Uh, I'll include in the links a uh, an article uh, detailing how, you know, when Ford overhauled their truck factory to make the aluminum as opposed to steel new F-150. So they, it took them two months to change the entire thing over. Like they had everything down like a, like a military planner. Uh, they even adjusted the, the lighting on intersections, the streetlights in recognition of all the traffic that this would cause. You know, they had to work with the state of Michigan. I, I think it, it's, it's, it's That's, very complex. Yes. And they went, I mean, if you look at their annual, their monthly sales, there was no dip. I mean, they basically had their production go from zero to 100% of typical, you know, daily production in about two weeks. So eight weeks to, uh, to switch over the plant, maybe two to three weeks of extra, you know, last minute fiddling, you know, just making sure all the uh, production processes are working and then bang, you're right off at 100%. And so I hope that Tesla does not need uh, much of an S-curve. And I hope that their S-curve is only limited by their being financially cautious, right? You don't want to spend a whole bunch of money and then make a bunch of mistakes first. You want to ideally make, I don't know, one a day for a couple days and then 10 a day for a couple of days after that, then 100 a day for in, in, the, in the subsequent time. Because in the auto industry, S-curves are not used. Step functions are the norm. And hopefully, perhaps the Model Y, they can, they can get that confidence that uh, they can just spool everything up right away. Yeah, it's true because something like, I mean, companies like Ford have almost limitless, unlimited uh, funds to do these kind of things. And they also have a lot more people working at it. So a big switch like that would be, I would think, quicker in a bigger company and much um, would take a longer time in a smaller company, albeit you're right, there's the point of they have smaller lines, smaller uh, volume to move, smaller things to do. So yeah, it, it, I, I still see it as it would take much longer to stop the line and then um, switch it over to something else. So I, I really wonder how they're going to do that. One thing that I'm also expecting is um, the tapering off of the Model X. I think we're going to see less and less and less of them. It might be like, a, you know, a limited edition or some sort of signature edition. <laughs> but the Model S, I, I think the Model X is probably going to start to be throttled back. And uh, they're probably going to continue with the Model S and only squeeze one or two versions out of it at some point when the Model 3 is in full-blown uh, production and the Model Y is finally showing its nose. Yeah, that, that is going to be an interesting thing to see in the coming uh, months. Does the Model 3... Uh, cannibalize Model S sales or does it just complement it? Sometimes you get the phenomenon where added competition gives more attention to the overall segment 
and then you actually increase sales. So I think the Toyota Tacoma was selling quite well. And when Ford decided to come in with its Ranger, Toyota's small truck, the Tacoma, has not suffered. So it, it seems to have actually enlarged the number of people considering the, the vehicles. So it would certainly not help Tesla if a whole bunch of Model S or X buyers decided to switch to a Model X, uh, to a Model 3 rather. But at the same time, hopefully that just gives more attention and some people who are looking at the Model 3 might say, oh, well, let's just go for the S because know we're rich enough we can get it faster something like that yeah that's true i, th I think it would be financially disastrous for uh, for tesla if all of a sudden everybody went for a model 3 that's that's much smaller margins that they have to work on whereas with the model s i know that they have much bigger margins they're playing with so so yeah that that would be very uh <laughs> that would be interesting to see how they uh, manage that one right but, but you know i i, I was wondering I, I you know we always talk about tesla and and i i think there was something else in the news that was non-tesla related can you believe it yeah i think <laughs> so um i think there was an announcement after labor day um true to the marketing uh, saying that you know you don't introduce a new product in august i think if i understand the press materials this company is actually the world's leading seller vendor of uh, plug-in electric vehicles, which I was surprised because uh, I thought that was Tesla. Gosh, shock. Really? You mean um, this Japanese company that I think has an alliance with this other French company and now another Japanese company that stepped into the to the fray, we're talking about Nissan, the Nissan, Renault, and Mitsubishi Alliance, which is, you're right, absolutely the number one EV maker and seller on this planet, uh, through sheer volume at least. Yes. Um, exciting news. I, you know, I, I have to say this is really exciting for me because I was there, um, I tested the mules for the original uh, Leaf. Um, I, 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 you know, I even talked to Gon and everything in the, in, in the car and everything. And then I saw the very first Leaf, which... I think like many sort of um, made, made me kind of stop and look at it and go, wow, that's bold and very daring as far as the design. And I remember at the same time, the Ford Focus Electric was coming out. So the big rivalry at the time, at least, was between those two cars. And then I, just looking at the design, no, nothing technical, I've always wondered, you know, who would go for the more traditional looking uh, Ford Focus Electric and who would go for the more... Um, exotic, futuristic uh, Nissan Leaf, and I always wanted to uh, to find some 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 statistics on that because I always thought, well, you know, very traditional people, you know, might, we might say conservative people might want to go for the more traditional look, and more um, futuristic people, maybe more people on the left side of the political spectrum, might want to go for that kind of funky design. So, but I'm excited to see that the new design is out. And the car really answers at least a lot of needs that, that we've been asking for. Yeah, I think, and Zachary pointed this out in one of his uh, recent articles, which we'll also link, of course, uh, that sure, the new Leaf doesn't have as much range. I think it's 150 miles. Um, they'll promise something about 225 miles by adding, by going from 40 kilowatt hours to 60 kilowatt hours for the battery. Uh, but the main thing is it pretty much sticks with the Leaf's existing price point. So if you go back to the original Leaf, you had a 24 kilowatt hour battery. You had maybe 100 miles range, 107 mile, mile range. Less, yeah, less than that, but yes. Yeah, sorry, sorry. Yeah, there has been some updates to the, the 30 kilowatt hour uh, version. But basically, you have this, uh, this vehicle model where over time, you basically get more range for the same money. 
Yes. And the, the key thing being that 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 range that you're that you're getting price range rather is considerably lower than both the Bolt and the eventual thirty-five thousand dollar version uh, Model Three. Um, and so it just it allows for more of the car buying market to be accessed because not everyone is going to be able to buy a high thirties or even forties thousand dollar car before uh, you know federal tax credits and whatnot. It'd be great. Uh, I think I think it is great that it actually has a two number at the start of it. It's twenty nine thousand nine hundred ninety for the base model uh, because that just allows you to access. Just you know, a few more car buyers to get the market uh, growing and self-sustaining, and putting my Machiavellian hat on. You know, having more people uh, buying and involved in supply chain means better lobbying power against those who would try to stymie us. Yeah, well, those old dinosaurs—they're on their way out. That's for sure. Yes. <laughs> and I, th I think that Nissan always plays it very well, very intelligently. And I, I like that Apple approach, you know, get the newer version, newer model for the same price as last year's model. And I think that's always such a great buying point. Plus, it really is the only uh, affordable entry level, quote unquote, um, EV on the market right now. And, and, you know, having tested all of them up until the, the, the last year's version, basically, I was really impressed because it was about two years ago. So it was the what? It was the 2016 um, the top of the line. I really had um, four people in it, driving them to the airport, riding around Culver City, and then making it back to um, a supercharger with, um, oh gosh, it was close to 90 miles. And, and that was pretty amazing at the time. So 150 is not such a big leap. Um, the one question I do have though, is I, I've, I've looked at the new design. I, I would love to see the actual platform because I really wonder how oh, in the world do you shove uh, a 60 kilowatt hour battery pack in such a small car. So that's something I really look forward to seeing. But I love that idea of just slowly ramping it up. And then maybe very lastly, I, I, um, I think, you know, we're, we're, we're sort of seeing the whole pissing contest. So excuse my French here, but, but, but with, with, with range and everything. And yeah, it's a great selling point and it's huge. And Tesla makes a good use of it. But honestly, 150 mile uh, range EV is more than sufficient for my needs, at least, because I'm I pretty much ride only in a, in the city, and I think for most people it would be probably um, uh, like that. And if you think about it, another company that started doing the same thing is BMW. I was um, astounded to find that the i3 would not have more range, but actually would go for the performance part, which which I find personally a great thing because I know how to hypermile a car and squeeze more. Uh, uh, electricity out of it. So I, I, I like that approach and it's going to be interesting to see how these two, uh, meaning Tesla and Nissan, really achieve their goals. So I'm, I'm excited about that. Yeah, and I guess um, I would, I'm excited to see what, uh, you know, where which month the Model 3 sales in the U.S., uh, well, in the U.S. or worldwide, exceed the new Leaf sales because you know Tesla has said they're going to start ramping up as of you know, September, as of this month, I guess, really. But they do have a tendency to be a little bit late. <laughs> and, uh, and Nissan, meanwhile, has said that they're going to start production towards the end of the year, definitely available everywhere at the start of 2018. So we might have this crossover point where um, maybe the Leaf outsells the Model 3 for a month or two uh, in the States and or worldwide before the Model 3 
sales ramp up. It's, it's, it's nice to see the occasional uh, bit of competition, even though they are highly complementary vehicles, right? Not True. everyone is going to want X. And so that's why you need, in Tesla's case, S and 3 and Y and truck and, and, and whatnot. Yeah. And you know, another thing too, is between this war between um, Nissan and Tesla, there, there, there are two other players I, I'm really eagerly <laughs> waiting from is obviously BMW with their i3, but um, also GM with their Bolt. If you think about it, GM did really all it could to beat the Model 3 by about a year now mm-hmm. um, to the market. So we haven't really heard much from them. I've, I've test driven the car. They're, they're wonderful. And I hear people liking the car a lot, but being very clear that, you know, it's the performance they bought into. It's not the interior or even the quality of the interior. So it's going to be interesting to see what GM chooses to do now that Nissan has a very mature platform with its leaf. The interior is very correct. And of course, um, Tesla and Tes- and BMW on the other end that has, you know, very nice interior designs and everything. Um, it, I, I'm, I'm still waiting to see what GM is going to do. And I think within the next three months, we'll have a lot of news from the Bolt, maybe updated versions uh, and who knows. Yeah, I guess my one prediction uh, would be, and I realize my prediction record is terrible, but I would expect that when Tesla does start selling the $35,000 Model 3, that Chevy will drop the base model price for their Bolt to 35000 because, you know, why not? Why allow Tesla to undercut you? especially since I would imagine many Bolt buyers would probably take a little bit of a uh, higher spec version. Yeah. That's and, the and, only thing I would, uh, I would expect. Yeah, and, and another thing, I think the sticking point for most people is indeed the Model 3 looks good. It looks like a car and everything. Uh, the Bolt, the i3, these kind of cars, and now the new Leaf, they, they really sort of adopt the same uh, uh, design uh, uh, lingo, and that's that's something you might like or might not like. I mean, I know some people who just don't like. My wife doesn't like these kind of cars. You know, she would much prefer uh, a regular-looking sedan. So that's also going to play a lot. And again, I think it's going to be very interesting in a year from now. Mark your calendar. We'll we'll look at the numbers and we'll we'll see who adopted what and where. Hopefully, ideally, Tesla will uh, relinquish that and and let us know because it's very important for us. We we need to understand that too. Yes, indeed. All right. Well, um, we don't want to keep everyone too long on their commute here. So uh, we'll be back targeting next week this time. So uh, join us again on uh, Clean Tech Talk uh, for your electric fix. Mm-hmm.